Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 211 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. And by God, have I got a good one for you this week. Um, this week, I visited Headway, East London specifically, but Headway are a, um, an organisation that has 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 places all around the country and a great online presence as well but um i'll rewind it i guess i got an email no i got a, a message on social media from a lady called natalie clapshaw who's who i speak to in just a moment and she just kind of wanted to give me some information on what headway do and invite me along to come and have a look around and i went down there and had a look around and it was amazing i was taken around by two different people um, at the centre. And Headway, I should jump straight in with that. Headway is a charity or an organisation that works with people who have had uh, brain injuries. So they've had an accident of some sort and they've had a brain injury and then they're trying to, to, to recover from that and to live with the changes that a brain injury can cause, the changes that often aren't aren't visible or aren't clear to anyone other than you or can be clear to other people. You know, there's, there's, there's so many weird, unusual complications in there. So yeah, it felt like a important one and a special one. And I went down and had a look around. I was blown away by everyone that worked there and by everyone who I met, who was, who was in there visiting and getting help or giving help. I mean, we go into all of that. So, I mean, it's quite a long chat, so I'll jump straight into that. But normally I would, do a plug here for speechdevelopmentrecords.com. But this week, I'm just going to send you in the direction of headway.org.uk. So it's H-E-A-D-W-A-Y.org.uk. And as we go into in the podcast, it's the, the website alone as a starting point, if nothing else, has got great sections there for people who've, who've recently had a brain injury or people who have been living with a brain injury for a while or people who just know someone who's had a brain injury friends or relatives or loved ones partners family members anything and it's really important for all of those things to be addressed and to be helped it's such a a complex a subject we get into it in in the podcast and natalie is far better at articulating and talking about it all than I am in this intro. So I'll jump straight into that. Thank you everyone for all the love for the last a few weeks episodes. Still a lot of love for, for, for the Martin Freeman episode. People are going cr- crazy for that. The Wells Comedy Festival live and the Ask Pip episodes. In fact, I'd mention if you enjoy this, I've done a few kind of charity specials as such or or focusing on organizations i'm going to list them off now i've got all my polaroids in front of me on my phone so i did on episode 13 i talked to fullfact.org a will and phoebe and full fact are an organization that that fact checks stuff that politicians have said that newspapers have said that that's that's as social media sites have said and they're not left wing or right wing they're just you know they're just looking at facts obviously a very popular one was episode 42 which was the refugee week special i did with the the british red cross talking to an amazing uh young lady who's a refugee called ramel that's fantastic that was one of the most moving ones i'd done um at that point it yeah it stunned me i on episode 52 i did a greenpeace special with two bens and a frank 
Um, and they're people who work for Greenpeace. And one of the guys there was 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 one of the guys who was taken and put in in a Russian prison for protesting a tanker. So yeah, that's amazing episodes. I'm making this a really long episode, aren't I? But it's worth. I mean, if you want to skip through my recommendations and get straight to the talk, you can. I did a cool one with um, a green special episode seventy two with. Dale Vince, who started a company called Ecotricity, which is all green electricity, which since then I've had all my electricity and gas from um, from Dale Vince, and they're completely green and they're wonderful. Let me see other really good kind of organisation ones. I mean, episode 121 was with Dignity and Dying, and that was talking to Lloyd and Mick, one of whom works for dignity in dying and one of whom you know has 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 had to to go through these things of taking someone abroad to to have them choose to end their life it's a it's a dark and heavy subject but um somewhere in there is the safe housing for women's special that was amazing 135 was a two-part it was a homelessness special with a charity called mustard tree and an organization called haircuts for the homeless they're both well worth a look and that's probably it right that's all the all the charity type ones oh i did the ben and jerry's one that a lot of people don't realize 165 um was actually a lot about charity and the work that they do so yeah there's some good ones to get your teeth into um i think that's all of the organizationally ones i really want to find this the safe housing f- for women episode number to give you that because that was incredibly moving i got to talk to an amazing a young lady called mira who was brought to this country as part of of sex trafficking and she chose to tell her story openly and honestly and that that episode actually ended up getting nominated for a humanitarian award um that i had to go to like the houses of parliament for these awards um it didn't win but that's that's fine but yeah, it's an amazing episode, and it was episode 86. So all of those have been mentioned there. Come back at the end if you fancy digging into any of them. But for now, enjoy this Headway special with Natalie Clapshaw. Um, I'm joined today by Natalie Clapshaw, and we're at Headway. How are you today? I'm all right. It's <laughs> it has kind of been one of those days where where it feels a bit chaotic and, yeah. and manic, but had a really good support group this morning. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just kind of on the come down from that a little bit. Yeah, completely. <laughs> to be I've, I've just had a bit of a tour around, and there's a lot to talk about. But let's kind of start by explaining what Headway is and what you do here and who you help and how you help, essentially, yeah. in the centre. There's more we want to talk about yeah. in Parliament and so on, so on yeah, after absolutely. that, but yeah. So Headway East London is yep. is a, a charity that's yep. based, and we cover 13 boroughs of East London. Yeah. So we, uh, or, yeah, so we stretch quite far out. We're kind of Camden, Islington, to right. Enfield, uh, Westminster, Newham, Haringey. Yeah, so we cover quite a broad 
spectrum of yeah. London. Yeah. Um, and we are affiliated to the national charity, which yeah. is Headway UK. Um, but yeah, we have our own charity number, so we we provide all the funds ourselves right. to, wow. to yeah, yeah. kind of do all the stuff that we do here. Um, so yeah, we we support anyone, um, any adults with acquired brain injury. Mm-hmm. So that can come from numerous. Um, yeah, numerous circumstances. Yeah. So going from assault, um, gunshot wounds, um, sporting incidents, stroke, um, neurological conditions, um, yeah. kind of anything like that. Again, <clears throat> a huge, a huge spectrum there. And yeah. we, we hear such random incidents, and some of the things we hear, we're just, how are you so strong to have survived that? That's just mind blowing. I mean, that's that's one of the most amazing things with. Um, acquired head injuries is the first reaction is exactly that how have you Mm. survived this how have you come out the other end but then what often happens is the reaction after that is good work congratulations and not how's it affected you how's it changed you because as we'll discuss a lot it is an invisible disability there 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 can be changes not only invisible are, are really hard to kind of describe and quantify from simply a simple thing as feeling like a different person that sounds stupid it sounds like you're saying i've lost my confidence and all that but it can be the opposite it can be either way it can be yeah but that's unimaginable to feel like you're not you anymore and because it's acquired brain injury it's it's stuff that you've lived a certain amount of your life one way and then there's a change it's not simply you're born with something or this or that it's that there's been a a change for what you're receiving and perceiving and taking in yeah absolutely and that's and it affects such a uh, what you know it doesn't affect just the person with the brain injury obviously it has that kind of domino effect on families carers friends yeah you know we had a really interesting conversation in the support group this morning about friends yeah and actually how friendship is so difficult to maintain especially friendships that were developed pre-injury yeah and, and then like you, you know you totally yeah you summed it up beautifully is that it is an it's an acquired disability yeah, yeah. so before people um will perceive themselves as normal and i use normal in in you know however yeah. you you personally perceive that to be yeah and then to to then change and and again it's hidden so you may look the same you may sound the same mm-hmm. But what's going on inside that, that's, that's hidden so beautifully with our skulls, you know, yeah. um, is, is a very different matter. And, and how people cope with that and adjust to that is a very complex yeah. um, journey, which is kind of what we do, and, you know. And, and on both sides of that, you're completely right. There is the side of friends or family or loved ones or whomever else who are now confronted, again, with potentially a different person which is that's hard to handle but equally from the point of view of the person there's often from the experiences I've had there's often a perception that they're aware of changes that no one else is aware of and it's hard to put that into words or articulate but it means that they feel distance from that person or or a million different things so even if the friends are trying to be as supportive and attentive as possible, yeah. there's certain things that if it's a change inside them that they can't, without help and assistance, articulate or even get their own head round. Or may not have kind of, and organically may not have any insight into yeah. that they are different. You know, the 100%, brain is, 100%, yeah. is so um, complex and, and just, 
you know, I sound like a total nerd and I'm not medically trained, but the brain just fascinates me. Absolutely. And the way it copes with situations, you know, the brain will adapt and cope. And actually, if it feels that having insight into the injury and the changes that you've, that you've had since your yeah. injury, if that's going to affect you in such a poor way, in a negative way, the brain will just go into denial. Yeah. Like, I'm going to just push. I, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't know what the problem yeah, is. Completely. Leave me alone. And, <laughs> I'm fine. And, and there's also often the assumption that going through something makes you an expert in it. And, and when I had um, a Jess, Tom on the podcast, who's got Tourette's, mm. I spoke to her about Tourette's and she knows loads about it. And it made me realise how little I know about stutters. I've had a stutter since I was four or five. Yeah. I don't understand it at all. She was telling me stuff about really? stutters well. that I didn't know. So it's similar there. And, and, and the issue as well, that one of the, the most prevalent and first things that often comes from traumatic brain injuries is affecting the memory yeah and that can be a really tough thing when you're finding out what's happened to you and what your Mm. changes are and then you might not remember that so you might not be able to relay that to all your loved ones you know Mm. the hope would always be that there's someone there with you to listen as things are being explained by doctors or experts but that's not always the case it's we, we, we do have a stretched NHS and collection of experts so it's essential to have people who aren't experts but have experience or aren't trained in this to to fill that gap and kind of try and go look this might be what's happening yeah and I think you know I've been in brain injury now for 12 years yeah and I think through my experience of working with so many different people from different backgrounds and and different family situations and and how they're dealing with it and what resources they have to deal with it is the one thing I can say to people is become your own expert of your own brain injury yeah that you know kind of own it And, and that's a really difficult concept to put across to somebody especially when it's quite a new a new diagnosis or a new kind of very newly acquired because yeah. it's like I don't want to I don't want to be this person I, I want to go back to normal I want to go and do all that but but actually the more education you have around what's happened to you then yeah. then the adjustment kind of journey becomes a lot clearer and, and hopefully you, 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 your own comfort becomes a little clearer as well because I think another tough thing with any invisible disability is particularly with brain stuff, it can manifest in ways that through no fault of your own to new people could come across as rude or, you know, not turning up or cancelling things or or, or not introducing yourself or certain things that can just go. Yeah. And if the other person isn't aware, even even a friend's as supportive as as they can be, Mm -hmm. once people have got through a traumatic experience, it's easy for them to forget that this is... A long-term thing, potentially it's, a permanent thing. Especially if you look well. Yeah, you know, exactly. especially if you're, you if you're still... You've done, again, you've got that real, as you said, the first a reaction. And when I've experienced it, it's been like, oh my God, the yeah. fact that you've lived through this. You're literally a superhero. Yeah. You're literally the most impressive. This is exactly. the most... I've never seen anything like this. It's unimaginable. And that isn't fair because yeah. that's putting that on them. It's It feels supportive. Yeah. But they're not a superhero. They're a human who's got through this as best they fucking can. Yeah. But... They're not a superhero. They're not invincible. They're not impenetrable. They're, they certainly they're don't feel it. Well. Yeah. And and then yeah, to have everyone surrounding you like you're incredible. This and actually that person may be lying there just thinking, I'm not fucking. I'm not a fucking hero. I just want to get back to work. I want my legs to fucking work. And the most again, you know, is to feel broken or yeah. to feel incomplete or to feel not the person you were. Mm. So no matter how much people say, wow, I look at you. You're laying it again. It can't make it worse. The more people yeah. are 
because they're then putting on an expectation of you to be even better than you previously were because now you're a superhero as well. And if you're feeling not only not a superhero but below what you were originally, Mm. that's that's incredibly restrictive and can make it hard to to ask for help or to gain help or to share these things because you kind of have that... Un- completely unwarranted shame, but completely understandable yeah. in the in, in the given situation. And I think there are there are like especially two statements that we yeah. always and we've discussed this at length, and I discuss this a lot with people that I work with, and, and it's come out quite prevalent. Uh, two statements that the worst thing to say to somebody with a brain injury is like, yeah. "Oh, but you look well." So that's yeah. number one. Never say that. Yeah. And, and the other thing is is if people start to gain insight or start to share what they're going through, and they say, "Oh, you know." I'm forgetting everything. I'm losing my keys. Like I walk into a room and I forget what I walked in there for. And so many people will be like, oh, well, I do that too. Like, don't worry about it. I'm always like that. And it's like, no, this is a different level. You, you know, you, you have to explore that a bit more. And, and I think, you know, I work at the Royal London Hospital in, yeah. in Whitechapel um, for an early intervention project that we've started, right. uh, which is great. It's been going on for two years now. But I feel so privileged because I get to be around these around these incredible people uh, when they're just coming round and, um, and so when they've just kind of come out of ICU um, and I'm there at bedside with the family and, wow, and yeah. um, the, the patient. Yeah. And it's a really great opportunity to be able to tell the friends and the family, okay, these are kind of pointers not to do. Like, yeah. don't, don't build this up as in... You know, this kind of superhero. And they're all well-intended as well. That's, that's the course, thing on both yeah. sides of this. It never tends to be anyone intentionally taking the wrong route or the wrong approach. But it's always a well-intended thing, but it can be And also, if it, it's such a trauma like that, you know, and any kind of trauma is never something that you expect to happen to you. Yeah. And that is to be said for a patient and their family. So they are coping in the only way that they know how with the resources that they have. And we don't come with a toolkit as to how to, what's the best thing to say to somebody who's in a coma? What's the best thing to say to somebody who's just come out of a coma? We just, we're not ingrained in that, you know. And whenever trauma happens, I think we become quite primitive because we have to. Um, And especially with brain trauma, you know, you know, if we think about kind of the structure of the brain and the frontal lobes and, and it's all very very complex executive functioning but yeah when there's been any trauma I think we kind of resort back to our more primitive brain which is very much like I'm scared yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna act kind of yeah I'm gonna express fear I'm gonna express um you know anger and and you know over happiness and that can be and and the lack of support given in those moments and those times or appropriate support number one is sad and mm. inhuman but number two it can be dangerous because it can develop these things to be worse and worse and can cause dangerous behavior or yeah. threatening behavior to themselves or to others you know yeah. particularly to t- t- themselves i think is key because again if your only guidance and help through this is loved ones people who knew you before yeah that can be a real s- struggle because there can be an urgency from friends and family to go I'm here, I'm going to be strong, I'm going to support you, I'm going to get through this. Or from the individual to go, I'm going to pull myself together. Mm. Whereas coming places like this and being around other people who have been through it, or even just talking to strangers, not people who you will feel are comparing you to who you were before or or anything like that, can be a massive thing, I think. (laughs) Because it it, 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 it can bring down some of them walls of 
defence or pretence mm. of, of who you are or what you are and just allow you to, yeah. to, 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 to heal. There are two ways of saying it. The day yeah. service is a safe environment yeah. for adults with acquired brain injuries to come and receive peer support and to explore and experiment with who they are now. Yeah. It's also just a place where you're not judged and, and you just you don't have to give a shit about what anyone thinks about you. Yeah. If you have epilepsy, you have a seizure here, everyone is just okay with that. Nice like we'll just doing, we'll yeah. go through this, you know, we know what we're doing, nobody's gonna you know, yeah, act inappropriately or, yeah. or call the ambulance straight away if it's something yeah. that we know about, you know, and or it's feel just, uncomfortable yeah. or put out or anything like that. I think the key is exactly that, the comfort that you were saying there and not having to, to worry about what anyone else thinks. Because I think what I've seen from the walk round I've had is the huge variation yeah. in, in, in severity. There's some people who struggle to speak. There's some who, at first, I assumed worked here. Yeah. And then I realised, yeah. oh, no, you don't work here. You're here because you've had a traumatic brain injury. But, Absolutely. you know, it, it's all that. And I think it's, it's, it's tough on both ends of those spectrums because if you feel... <sighs> when you've been through something <laughs> like that, it's quite acceptable to not want to feel disabled or broken yeah. or no I'm all right I've, I've got through it I'm all right and you could at first think I don't want to go to someone like this because there's people in wheelchairs yeah. there's people who can't feed themselves and stuff like that it's like that's not me but it's getting past that and going no you can come here and help and that can yeah. help you and you can come in everyone at different levels is all on a level as such. Absolutely. And so many people, when they first come around to initially look and... So, you know, we give people a tour and kind of an yeah. induction day and see how they feel and if this is something that they want to be involved in because it is all about choice, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the time there is a bit like, this is not me. Like, yeah. I am so okay. I'm yeah. going to be back to work in like two weeks. I don't yeah. know what you guys are on about. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when we just kind of... We, obviously, there's no pressure whatsoever. But we say, but... You know, maybe just experiment a little bit, just come for another day, maybe have lunch next time. And before you know it, they're in the art studio, they're creating these incredible pieces of work. Yeah. They've never touched a paintbrush before, and then they class themselves as an artist. And, yeah. and it is giving people, you know, it's creating a new sense of self. Yeah. And that's what we try to do here, you know, in the day service and the other services that we do Completely. provide out and, in the community. And, and, and finding that, that variations of ways that you can engage here, as said, when I was being taken around, seeing the art studios and the music studios and all these different creative things and the, the guy looking after the gardens yeah. out the back, they look all, um, amazing. You can approach it either as... And, and again, it, this really is a variation of your comfort with where you are, with your own recovery and what you've been through. You, you can look at it either as... I can come here and this can help me. Or you can look at it as, I can come here and I can help here. Or I can come here and do stuff. Like the art studio. is like, you could quite blankly say, I can come here and have free access to all this yeah. equipment and materials Definitely. and all this amazing, and support this amazing and space and this amazing stuff. Yeah. It's like, that alone. And the Use music it, studio it, as well. The, the music studio as well. Amazing yeah. instruments and g- g- garage bands and, and beats being made and all that kind of thing. Well, you know, even if you do feel, no, I'm all right, I've got this under control. Yeah. Just come in and enjoy the facilities, you know? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the day <laughs> service is is, um, is kind of a really amazing insight tool. So to, yeah. to kind of approach insight and awareness with somebody with a brain injury is very, very difficult. Yeah. And it's, 
you have to be so sensitive about potentially opening that can of worms yeah. as you know because we, we find that once people are if they are in denial and that can of worms has opened then naturally people kind of progress into depression yeah, and and um, and you know for me I'm I have another thing, like, I will always promise to be honest with people, mm-hmm. whether, you know, from a brain injury, um, or my friends, or, you know, I really yeah. try to be as honest as possible. And when people turn to me and they say, this is shit, and I just feel really low, and I just don't know what to do with myself, I kind of say, good, I'm, I'm pleased, because that kind of means that we're out of that denial phase where you're not really going to progress, and you're not going to yeah. start experimenting the fact that you you are feeling low this shows me that we're we're kind of on the right track. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And it's a really hard thing to do with people you care about. Yeah. But when someone is saying, "Look, I feel like I feel that that low," when you can kind of go, <coughs> "You should." Yeah, it's completely understandable and natural to feel that low. You've been through absolute hell. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's it's understandable feelings and that's where someone slightly aside from the situation might have more comfort or be able to do that a little easier than a loved one who wants to be saying, no, you, it's all right, there's, there's so much going... Even, again, it sounds so harsh, I speak, I've spoken a lot about depression and suicide and stuff like that, but at times telling someone there's so much to live for isn't going to get through when you're not inside that head because when they're and when they've legitimately got valid reasons to be thinking i've got nothing to live for and again hopefully incorrectly and that can change but in that moment i've struggled with that in the past because i'm similar i'm a very honest and straightforward person when i've had people kind of say that and i'm sitting there thinking i get it yeah i get it but it's really hard to know what to say or how to say because you can't say yeah, no, you're right. You haven't got anything. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. That's horrendous. Do that, mate. Yeah. 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 But it is. It, is it, it, it can be as damaging and as pointless to to sh- sugarcoat or to, to try and paint around it. Because, again, all that will do is make, at times, make them feel more distanced from you. Yeah. Because they can see that there's valid reason to see there's nothing ahead. So if you can't see that, then yeah. you're so far from the realities, it's, it's a hard one to... It really is. And I think, you know, it's about, okay, embracing and, and yeah, being honest and saying, yeah, this is shit. And I'm glad that you're feeling depressed. Now let's work together. Mm. Let's do something. Let's explore. Let's, you know, let's kind of look at your previous routine, which you're so desperate to get back to. I don't, and I will say this to some people, I will say, I don't believe that you will be that person again. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't think that yeah. that is possible because of X, Y, and Z. And that comes, I've been called a bitch. I've been like, yeah. people have stormed out and that's fine. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's work together. And, and if you want to get back to that, then give me a chance. Yeah. And let's, yeah, kind of explore and experiment because we're not just going to go straight back to being an investment banker in the city, no, working exactly. 70 hours a week. So... Yeah. If there's any kind of voluntary work you want to do, or let's look at your, you know, your CV, or what what works for you, you know, would you kind of be interested in some kind of therapy? So it's just breaking down those those stages to to potentially yeah. get to a point where, yeah, insight increases, mood generally increases yeah. once they, yeah, once they kind of and start again, that process. When you have anything taken away involuntarily, it is the natural instinct to romanticize it. Yeah. So. Again, to be able to say, 
you might not get back to that is is valid and true and helpful because mm-hmm. again stuff has changed that yeah. might not be repairable but you can also kind of look and go remember when you hated that job or remember what you didn't what was it what, what is it you like about that and we can look at what how we can achieve that in other areas yeah. if that isn't an option it's it's easy to go i want to be back to that person and forget that the day before you had this accident or this incident, you were wanting to quit and yeah. you were miserable. But because the choice has been taken away and that's mm-hmm. the thing that's so hard to deal with as, 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 as humans, I guess. And I think, you know, the other, the other guilty party of that, yeah. um, our family, you know, they yeah. romanticised this person who was, he was an amazing husband. He was always, you know, we went out on day trips. He loved me. He was a great father. He was this, that and the other. And actually, if you talk to their friends, like, he was a bit of a chit. Yeah. Like, he was yeah, always yeah, at the yeah. pub. He yeah. was, you know, he always used to get home drunk and shout with the kids. He was never there for the bedtime story. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, and that's another thing that makes it quite a complex thing working with these with these amazing people is that you never get a true reflection of how that person was before yeah so yeah it's kind of actually for bob to lose his his temper like this is that an effect of the brain injury or was he always like this and and kind of i don't think really no amount of um of kind of assessments or anything like that will will ever give you that true reflection completely and it's it's not an easy thing to to try and tempt someone into a potential look here's another path that we can go we might not go back to where you were but we can go somewhere else great and a great again from from the good and the bad a great example of that is is the comedian sam kinnison who was a lot a lot bigger in america than he was over here but Mm. his brother wrote a biography about him and when he was a kid he was a very quiet and and shy kid and then he was in a car accident and he had a traumatic head injury yeah and he wouldn't have had his comedy career about that because it was after that that he became loud and outgoing he was very much kind of you know the bits where Bill Hicks gets to his peak that's kind of where Sam Kinison lived pretty much always (laughs) at that kind of intensity but yeah. It was genius that was opened by this injury or the removal of, of certain of restrictions. So, again, it's not something that's easy to hear at the time, but there's a good chance that you might not be able to get back to who you were. But as you said, who you were might not have been the yeah. the, 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 the the highest potential of what you can be or who you can be. And you can could maybe be. thrive in a totally different... <laughs> You know, Absolutely. Avenue, and, and I think what's wonderful about here as well is that if you talk to people that are part of our, like, cooking team, so every day here at, at Headway in the day service, we um, have a have a meal that is prepared yeah. and, and planned and prepared and cooked with assistance yeah. um, by, by our members, yeah. and they class themselves as chefs, and yeah. quite rightly, like, yeah. that's now their kind of occupation, that's their profession, they are chefs. Uh, the people that are in the art studio, you know, we've had exhibitions at the South Bank. And, well, the art studio Stratford. was amazing. They are artists, you a, know. A, a some are... of the sculpture going on in there yeah, and some no. of the, the painting. And again, it was, it was beautiful to see the complete range and, and variation. Yeah. I could see one unfinished drawing that was just pencils. Yeah. And it felt very childlike. Still above anything I could achieve at this moment. Me too. But, but still, that kind of that kind of thing. And then you saw stuff that was just amazing, oil based, and then An these, these these creations that are all mosaiced up and made into these amazing yeah. animals and heads. And a lot of again, how how therapeutic I guess is all of that because art 
cookery, I guess, and, and music are things that get marginalised a bit in schools because yes, they're not yeah. a here's the right and here's the wrong answer. But that's exactly the kind of thing you want somewhere like this, right, where there is no right or wrong answer. Yeah. There is purely the expression. And you can be happy with it or not happy with it. That's completely fine. Oh, my goodness. Like, some of the paintings take our artists here, yeah. like, yeah, and, like, people yeah. will go back to it. I remember, so I worked at Headway Devon before coming here, right. kind of Devonshire bird. Yeah. And, um, and we, had a, we had a client there, and he took about 10 years to complete this one painting. Wow. And he's never happy with it. And, yeah. um, but that's, that was his therapy. He kind of just, he would sit back and he'd look at it and kind of really contemplative and, and think, what am I trying to put across with this painting what do I want this to be what do I not want it to be and he would just pick it up maybe twice a year and, yeah. and kind of change it and adapt it and um, and it would really kind of reflect his mood as well and I think that's another expression is that the the artist they may not be feel open to speak about how they're feeling yeah. um they may feel that you know a lot of the staff here are quite young um yeah. and you know and female it, like in the care industry yeah. unfortunately yeah, 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 it is sure. majority female and a lot of the people we work with are are young uh, males um who who kind of maybe pre-injury have have you know had to support and really look after people and and they don't want to express themselves and you know I don't want to sit and do a bloody painting like yeah, who do you think I am like yeah. oh. but you just give them time and and it is a real way and you can see um, you know, if the painting is looking quite, you know, dark colours or, yeah. or, or pretty, just quite a depressing piece, it yeah. can still be beautiful, but still quite kind of depressing. And you can think, right, there's something up. Like, yeah, that, this is a real starting point of where we can we can explore that. But I mean, I'm not an artist myself. Yeah. We're so lucky. The person who runs the art, the two girls and three girls that do it are yeah. incredible and they know what they're doing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm worried that literally every bit of music I've ever created would have you going, there's something wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's something not quite right. This is all quite dark. Hang and on, mate. Uh, you might want to read. We need to have a chat. Um, <laughs> do you find that the art classes and that are a good way of helping people relax and open up a little bit as, as well? Because I think often if you're coming somewhere thinking the sole purpose is I've got to mix and interact and deal with my problems it's that's that's intimidating whereas if the sole purpose is look i've got my focus is i'm doing this and then conversations can just start to happen and you can start to become more comfortable definitely i think the art studio is a real place for that and and also you know a lot of us aren't therapists a lot of us aren't medically trained you know we're here because we give a shit and we we find brain injury fascinating and you know we love what we do so yeah, we don't want to come across as like we're psychoanalyzing sure, everything that people sure. do because that's exhausting for them. And my goodness, like these the, the wonderful people here have enough appointments with yeah. different ther- who they may only meet like once in you know they'll meet all these neuro specialists who are yeah. great, but um, you know they may see six different ones in two years. They don't really get the time of day. They have to retell their story over and over and, and over. That's, that can to be new professionals and. That's something we want to step away from. That's a huge... Be yourself. That's a huge issue and a huge problem with this as well, which there's, I guess, a limited amount of experts. But, yeah, the, the, the kind of horrific nature of having to relive it potentially yeah. every time you've got a different appointment with a different person and go, here's where I am. Yeah. That shouldn't be on the individual, right? That no. Should, that should be elsewhere, but it so often is. It so often is that you'll move... But, again, because the brain is such a misunderstood or not misunderstood we, well, it, we it, don't it, understand it it's yeah. just like 
misunderstood implies that someone knows and the rest are getting it wrong. No one knows, really. Yeah. It's such a, an ununderstood um, area that you will, sadly, and, and with all mental health things as well, you yeah, will often absolutely. have to go try a few different things because there's no, here's the solution. There's, well, let's try this. And that can be six months. That can be a year. That can be however long of trying to do this and then going, that didn't work. We're starting again. And that's... And actually uh, something that we have tried, A, it didn't work, and B, it's kind of put you back five steps. So, you know, we're having to start again from maybe a different position. And now you have to be motivated to try a new thing when the last thing hasn't done any... I know, so many people are just like, you know, I can't... I really have not got the motivation to go to this other appointment. I've been going to these appointments for months, years, and I've just had enough. And, you know... I'm always trying to be like, but, you know, it's really, we have to think about the health benefits and yeah. what if this and has the situation changed and all of this rubbish. And actually, sometimes I just want to say, do you know what? I get it. You're wrong. I get it. Like, Stay here and do a and Yeah, exactly. You know, Let's yeah. go out in the garden. And- what is the relationship here with the hospitals and the GPs and that kind of thing? Because I guess there has to be some kind of interaction or trust or, or, or allegiance, I guess, yeah. in that, so that you're helping... Or everyone's pulling in the same direction, I guess. You would, you would in a perfect world, yeah. that would that would happen, and it would happen beautifully. Course, yeah. However, you know, we again, we're really lucky. Like I said, we've got this early intervention project yeah. that's funded by the Big Lottery Fund. Yeah. Um, so we've got only one more year of it. So yeah. I'm a bit like, oh, it's my job. Ah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I go into the Royal London uh, once a week, but we're looking to increase that. Actually, yeah. we're kind of thinking. They have a head injury outpatients clinic, which I think captures people really at the moment, just maybe pre-crisis, where they've been discharged. They've they've had some community care, which is great, but that lasts for kind of six weeks. Um, And then you so you've gone from an intensive environment like the hospital, where you've got kind of nurses buzzing around you, having assessments and all of this. You go home, which is quite can be quite a graded, like gradual process. You're home, you're where you feel supposedly safe. Um, You get some community care for six weeks, and then it's gone. Yeah. And that's when things really start to manifest, and that's when people really discover, like, actually, I am struggling making a cup of tea. Like, why is this? Am I going mad? Am I going crazy? The the horrific journey there of anyone, when you're in a hospital for an extended stay, you don't want to be there. No. You you, want to get home. So the crushing feeling of going home and it not being all okay, either something happening and having to go back or, or anything like that, or as you said, just being, I'm not really sure how to do this at the moment. That's cr- crushing because that that was the light at the end of your yeah. tunnel, and then you get there and it's the it's not... entrance sign to another tunnel, and you're yeah. like, oh, I thought, yeah, I really thought this was going to be yeah. it, you know, and yeah. I'd rest in my own bed and I'd yeah. be back at work. So, yeah, that's a really emotional journey as well as yeah. as well as a physical one. You know, we're thinking some people are discharged from hospital when they went there the day before they could walk. Yeah. And now they're going home and they're in a wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I can't comprehend how difficult that... And, just yep. and houses with <laughs> stairs and stairs, steps Some and places have to have their doors widened yeah. to, to do that. Yeah, all the adjustments, a wet room, yeah. things like that to, to accommodate their disability. So they're home and, yeah, so these kind of th- start to manifest, like physical difficulties, cognitive, emotional, yeah. behavioural. And it takes that time for it to to yeah come come apparent and that's when so generally after kind of 
four months, they'll go to the outpatient clinic. Yeah. And that's when, you know, that's when I really feel our presence would be would be good because we can just capture it there. Yeah. And instead of saying, you know, when they say, oh, I'm going crazy, you know, like there is a cause that yeah. is not your fault. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you had yeah, a broken yeah. leg yeah. and I asked you two weeks down the line or a day after to go run a marathon, you'd yeah. tell me where to go. Yeah. You'd say yeah. that you're being unreasonable and you're an idiot. Yeah. Like it's kind of the same after a brain injury. You should not be expected to, to everything to just go back to normal. Yeah. So we're looking at developing that and hopefully That's having right. a presence there. But, but also, I mean, the emotional side of being in the, in the hospital um, at bedside, yeah. you know, after where people are waiting kind of craniotomy. So they've got yeah. half of like part of their skulls missing um, you know, for the family and, and kind it's of... It's terrifying for everyone, for the family to see, again, to see someone that doesn't look like the person they knew because yeah. half of their skull yeah. is missing. For the individual to have gone through something horrific and terrifying, survive, and then, God forbid, get yeah. to look in the mirror and go, where's what? the rest of me? What yeah. is this? What's... And what's going to happen? Like, right? yeah. And what, what you know? And sometimes it, it, a lot of a lot of people are like, "Why have you shaved half my hair off? How dare you? I didn't give consent for that." Yeah. Saying it saved your life, like we yeah, had to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. But at that moment in time, it's like, no, I need that back. I need my identity, and yeah. and it is quite harrowing, like the emotions. And I, and I have so much admiration to doctors, to nurses, to surgeons that are there all the time. Yeah. I just how they don't become totally desensitized and unempathetic, I do not know. They yeah. are heroes um and also like at that point then a lot of the time things come out things come out in the woodwork when somebody has had a trauma you know we've experienced people that have found out their husbands are having numerous affairs so not only are they like oh my god you know initially my husband he's, he's dying oh i need to be there for him and then like an hour down the line they're on their phone and they see all this and then you know i'm dealt with kind of these really complex emotions coming from these people of of i hate him but i love him and i'm worried about him and he might die but and, and again that can be on 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 either side of a traumatic yeah. injury you, you could be in a situation where the day before you were thinking of leaving your husband yes. now you've had this injury and you're suddenly thrust into complete dependency and closer than ever yeah when a day ago you were like oh, i'm done with this yeah you know the, Not really it's, it's, it's it's really it's so it's yeah it's and so i think the actually you know i know that sounds like quite an extreme example but it happens so much i'm gonna say it's gonna be you yeah, know and there are people that are, variations of that i mean that's yeah. a very specific but everyone yeah. if you think anyone listening right now if you think of something in your life that's not perfect or that you want to change or your aim is to change yeah if suddenly the rug was pulled out from under you mm. how would that you know how would that be how would that come about and yeah yeah so we yeah we're really and, and I think so we're, it's great to have us there for, for those kind of moments yeah, that because fantastic. the doctors and nurses obviously yeah. don't really have the time to do that they're stretched yep. as it is so and we can provide education there and then and say this we had um, one incredible um, lady who, who is now very much a part of our community here mm-hmm. and is, is fantastic and um, she was about to be discharged and um my, my boss who was doing it at the time caught her in and said just to let you know you know you, I'm, I'm here you know we know that you suffered from, a, from an acquired brain injury yeah. here's some information I know you're being discharged today if there's anything that you need practical advice here this, this woman turned around and said have I had a have I had a brain injury 
nobody's told me that that's what's happened. Nobody's given it that term that it's an acquired brain injury. Yeah. We were like, wow, okay, like, yeah. this is why we're here. Here's what's just, happened. Because so many people are discharged saying, oh, I just had a smack on the head, like, I'll be fine. I've had a knock to yeah. the head. And There's again, so- the nature of, of our, our criminally understaffed NHS is that so much is put in... In, in notes and files and so much is assumed that it's communicated to the patient when often it isn't or again it's communicated to the patient when they're in no situation to take in that information yeah. I've, I've known of people in hospital who the the nurse or whoever has turned up and said hey, are you meant to have one of these tonight or tomorrow and they're like it's just I beg, I beg your pardon it's scary it's, it's just like, or yeah. have you already had this or have you already had that and things like that and it's like that's terrifying so to have someone there who isn't an emotional family member, who might be looking at you differently because they're emotional too. They're dealing with it as well. To have someone from the outside who's a stranger to go, Mm. this is nuts, isn't it? (laughs) This is is really mad. Here's what's going on. Here's what you've been through. And even to chase up these bits of information that it's not as easy to chase up as a patient because in those situations, there will often be a period where what the patient is saying isn't making any sense, isn't coherent, Mm. and that can cause again, an understaffed hospital system to ignore some of the... Que- do you know what I mean? Ignore some of the stuff because previously they've been going on about something that's completely yeah. alien. So, you know, it's, it, it, it sounds really important to have as much of that kind of ability to be bedside for those kind of things. And just possible. have a level of normality there. Yeah. You know, like I keep saying, I'm not medically trained. Yeah. I, I, I am invested in brain injury. Yeah. And... Yeah, like, let's just sit and have a chat. Let's go and have a cup of coffee. Like, this is shit for you. Let's go. Do you have to make a point of of regularly making it clear that they don't know you? Because, again, I can imagine that's confusing. It's like, I don't recognise this person. Who's this this friend of mine? It's like, oh, no, no, we're not. You've not forgotten me. We've never met. Um, This is cool. Like, I'm new. I'm new into your life. It's okay. You don't have to know Um, who I am. That's absolutely fine. Um, So, yeah, I guess... You know, we're really lucky where I am. We've got some amazing um, nurses that I have a really strong relationship with that are yeah. totally behind the project. Um, so in that sense, yeah, the NHS there, they're incredible. But we're also there as a link between health and social care. Yeah. So obviously there are probably people have heard that there are cuts going left, right and centre yep. within the local authorities and all across the country. Um, and so we're just... And I think... For me, in the media, a lot of it is is um, covered by you know elderly people, yep. um, you know maybe kind of learning disability, mental health, and I'm thinking, hang, where's brain injury? Yeah. Like over four hundred and four hundred fifty thousand people were admitted last year, right. like, and there's one. This is where my facts come in. Yeah, no, go, go, go. <laughs> one, uh, one in ninety seconds. So there's always one admission in ninety seconds of a head injury, wow. and these aren't kind of these aren't. It's a lot higher because if you look at like epidemiology, like well, you could think of somebody that has, um, I don't know, half a tree stuck in their abdomen. Yeah. They're going to get admitted to hospital. Their primary diagnosis is going to be the fact they've got a tree Let's in get their that, tr- that tree out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas their secondary injury may be that when the tree hit them, they fell yeah, and they banged yeah, their yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually the statistics are a lot higher. And I'm kind of thinking, wow, where is this promoted on the media? Like, why don't people know about this? Like, yeah. brain injury, head injury, traumatic brain injury is yeah. just, it's happening yeah, and, I, I, and I, I think the media is a key part to bring up here because I think in the 90s and two, 2000s there was a big fetishization of the the evils of, of benefit scammers 
Um, and that became this huge thing that's like, oh, these people, they're not, he's, he's exposed, he's not really got a broken leg and things yeah. like that. And they're getting it, golf and, with his wife and his six kids and yeah, all that. And yeah. it caused a tightening up of these things and it caused, uh, it, it, it removed a, a level of empathy that I think we really need to bring back because there's a lot of people who aren't trying to scam anything but again have got issues that are hard to articulate, hard to complete forms, hard to, even uncomfortable to. People yeah. who've got head injuries and want to feel normal yeah. maybe don't want to go can I have, have some help? But Please, can I have 50 quid a week? Yeah, ex- you know? exactly. And it's, 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 it's a weird one because I also think that anyone... Like, how can I word this? I don't know anyone who's got, who's got their shit together that's trying to do a benefit scam. Yeah. So if someone is doing a benefit scam, it's probably because of desperation anyway. Yeah. So I would rather a few desperate people scam some benefits and thousands of people who need help get help easier yeah. than we stop those few desperate people, fuck them, yeah. let them go, go hungry, and people who really need it struggle and get left off the system and overlooked and un, uncared and unsupported, yeah. right? That, that should be the focus. It shouldn't be on the few people doing scams. You go, cool, yeah. let them do their little scams. You know what I mean? Honestly, I'm not saying yeah. it's acceptable, it, but still, you know? <laughs> I'd much, I'd, I have much more concern for those who are being overlooked than the small amount mm. that are, are slipping through or sneaking through. And I think for me, you know, I could, I could bang on about the benefit system for a long time because yeah. it, for me it's just, it's been a part of my job now for the last two years that I, I didn't necessarily sign up for. I didn't mm. realise that this was going to be such... An incriminating like epidemic and it's yeah. now it is taking up about 70 80 percent of my time where you know i could be looking and working with people getting rehoused and yeah. and kind of getting the correct therapy that they need and orchestrating that but no it's 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 a lot to do with benefits and ken loach the wonderful glorious ken loach mm. he was on question time a while back and he said actually the the majority of members of society and people that are are reading and soaking in all this media think that it's about a third of all of all benefit claims are a scam yeah a third of it ken loach obviously he did a lot of research for his film i daniel blake yeah, which is an ama- yeah and it really yeah. did sum up a lot of the stuff that we go through but and it's actually the figure is 0.07 percent that yeah. they found that the claims are that are scams and like you said let the, let those 0.07 percent just let them have it they've obviously got some fucked up stuff yeah. going on anyway like and they again, need to do that, this. Is, it's that it's it's because of the, the 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 media perception of it that's given that warped view over the years. I had a a relative at Christmas um, was saying these food banks and that. Does anyone actually really need them? You know, is this all a bit? And and, and I can kind of say it's beautiful that you're in a situation to think that. Yeah. But I've known a single parent who's a teacher who. I've known to go hungry because they were too ashamed to go to a food bank because it yeah. was seen as a, a, a taboo or anything like that or a shameful thing. People need help and we should be far more willing but to I do that know, in society. I don't understand. Like, for me, I mean, I'm probably quite naive. Like, I've been brought up around disability and people that need support and I feel really privileged to have had that background. Yeah. I would never even think of it coming into my world to label these people a scum or I, I mean yeah in my 28 years of being a burden on society and I would never think I'd be like fuck me these people need help what am it's, I not doing like can really, I help it's like, really interesting as well because because when I had, had Rutger Bregman on who's got an amazing 
book called Utopia for Realists, mm-hmm. he spoke about how the more... In, it, it, his, he, his book speaks of so many times in history that the more we help people directly with money, the less it costs in the long run yeah. because of the, the damages on or, or, or the, the, the burden on the health system, on policing, on all these different things that if you're at the, right, the real bottom of the run, yeah. you're going to be costing a lot of money there, whereas that assistance and help yeah. can, can, can change that hugely. And, I mean, we see it so, like, rawly, and it... And it it makes me really upset to think that so when people apply for the the general benefits that people apply for that we work with is ESA so employment and support allowance which uh, was in capacity benefit so that now changed to ESA and then PIP personal independence payment that was disability living allowance it's a good name yeah I know I do (laughs) whenever I got an email from you I thought oh god what do the DWP want now and I was like oh no it's fine (laughs) um yeah, so those are the two major benefits. And, you know, it's it's a really complex system just to apply for it. It's, yeah. I mean, and that's why you kind of think, well, they're doing this on purpose. Um, but I, I won't get into those <laughs> theories. But again, there but, will be parts of that, that the, because there was a point that the belief was you make it a little bit harder and it weans out the chances. Yeah. And it's like, well, I think, no, it, it weans out the people that it's hard for. It weans out the people that have had injuries or something that are going to make this a taxing and challenging thing and be intimidated as soon as they tr- if, if they try and, f- and can't get their head around it mm. that's another thing to make them feel broken or stupid or, yeah. or unable and I think like you know coming from so the initial thing is you have to make a phone call right you have yeah. to phone up only recently has it become a free phone number yeah shit you're not like honestly so, only yeah. recently is it, and now an 0800 number it was a 0345 again, I mean even the simplicity of that yeah I've got a stutter. I'm really uncomfortable making phone calls. I will, yeah. and I do, but I'll do everything I can to avoid it. It's yeah. why, I mean, it's become a joke on the podcast, and I don't really dis- discuss why, but it's why I've got the Domino's app, the Pizza Hut app, yeah, the Just Eat right. app, the Deliveroo <laughs> app, because I'd really rather not ring someone if I can avoid it. Yeah. And that's just a mild stutter. That's not some huge thing. That's just, I'm not comfortable on phones. You know, I can use them if I need to, but... That could be enough to, to put me off. Yeah, and yeah. that's, that's like, me oh, as, yeah. as a feeling quite able. I've not. That's and again, that's me as someone I've had that my whole life. That's not a sudden change mm. I've had because of an injury or incident. That can be even more if you suddenly feel, yeah, ah, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, scared to know. do that. It's, and also trying to fight so like. Or that if they need support, and and a lot of the time people yeah. with brain injuries don't have that support network around them, and so yeah, initially phone call could be a no, nah, I'm right actually. Yeah. If they do go along to do the phone call, and if they at the time, you know, when it wasn't a free phone number, if they had enough credit on yeah. their phone, yeah, um, and then it's like a forty odd minute phone call that they ask for, mm, yeah. you know, name, national insurance number, all of that, a bit about their their injury or their disability, and then you get sent a form which is about 40 pages, which in itself, look, people look at it and just think, just put it straight in the that. bin, can't you know? Yeah. And then I think, you know, you were picking up on the points of, you know, the questions that are asked are, are you know, they go into quite in-depth things about their care needs, their, mm-hmm. their own kind of, you know, washing and dressing and all of that and, and how they interact with people face-to-face. I mean, A, not only do you want to sit there and just sit and write a document about how shit you are, like, yeah. who wants to do yeah. that? Yeah. I don't... I like, you know, I'll write yeah. a story about how great I am, thank yeah, you very much. And like, yeah. um, so there's that. And also, 
Again, it's kind of promoting questions in. Send a few of them in. I know. Really good at. Yeah. What did you? you? What's your favourite food? I don't know. Yeah. um, Right. And then not only that, and then this really just kind of promotes the fact of how complex brain injury is. If you've got somebody who has got no real insight into their difficulties, they're not going to take anything. They're going to be like, "I'm fine." Yeah. And so they're not going to be entitled to that benefit whatsoever. And and yeah. actually, those are the people who probably need it the most. That are yeah. probably the most vulnerable of society are those that don't think that there's that yeah that there's anything wrong and that yeah. they're fine and they're walking through life. Or again, the the kind of the way a lot of people are brought up is the fear of asking for help anyway. Yeah. So if you're giving them multiple ways to just walk away and try and deal with it in a hellish hole on their own then mm. a lot of people will take that and that that's the opposite of, of what you need yeah yeah and again I think, in reality the more boundaries you put up the people that will be most motivated are the tiny amount who are trying to scam something yes because it's worth it for them because they're going oh, yes. i need to get this whereas yes. if you're really tr- struggling they're the people that will be tripped up by exactly. these different and that's where we feel that maybe the system is just not equipped or adapted to yeah. deal with with vulnerable people and obviously yeah. from our perspective brain injury yeah. and so i mean the people you know i support people as much as i can to make these these claims but i i end up going a bit stir crazy doing it you know and yeah. like anyone that has ever phoned the dwp will know exactly what i mean when i say i go into like a vivaldi psychosis the holding right. tune is the vivaldi thing yeah, right okay oh my goodness yeah you know i was on the phone earlier on hold for about an hour and a half and um, just listening to the same tune over and over and it does send you a bit kind of you know yeah, psychotic. yeah. um but then the, the and I'm sure that yeah people who are aware of this this whole system um, know about the assessment process. So having right. to go along, so you know you send your form and then you're then asked to come along to an assessment. And yeah, we've had very to go through many... any of that face to face is yeah. is horrific. Again, we live in a time where we've got a lot of technology. There should yeah. be ways of entering as much of this information once. Mm. And then it being shared and dealt with and not having to... Because, again, uh, these injuries, more often than not, the experience themselves would be damaging. Yes. Uh, Without the head trauma, the experience itself would be mentally damaging and potentially permanently changing in your life. So to have to relive that repeatedly and probably quite matter-of-factly and casually so, so... so then what happens? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes, yeah, exactly. That's probably really hard to deal with without a traumatic head injury as yeah. well. Yeah. Add that in and, yeah, it's ridiculous, right? And also, like, the, the build-up. It's the, it's, again, the thing that just keeps getting is the fact <laughs> that the technology is... is we live in a... To, we've progressed with technology. We shouldn't have to be on hold for 90 minutes. Because yep. then when you're actually having the conversation... You're already stressed and broken. You're and, already at the end of your... You already just want it to end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know... Your you will find... has been broken by Vivaldi at that point. And... Oh, my goodness, yes, it yeah. has. Yeah. And, and I think as well, like, if we counter in fatigue, mm-hmm. you know, if we think about tiredness after, after brain injury, fatigue is a huge thing. And we yeah. kind of... A lot of the people that we work with here describe it as, it's not tiredness. It, this is a physical shutdown. I am just... I'm like a computer that has just had to, you know 
be turned off. That yeah. You will not get anything from me. Yeah. Um, but people kind of just react to social cues and just so on the phone and it's like, they'll just say yes, no. They may not be knowing what they're signing up to or yeah. what they're saying yes or no yeah. to. And that in itself is is exceptionally scary. And that happens in non-stressful or traumatic situations. Yeah. I've had it recently with a bank where I was on hold for so long that when I got through, I was just oh, angry okay. and ratty. Yeah. And I'm, I'm someone who genuinely, I really enjoy learning if I'm wrong on something. Yes. And this was the thing, I waited for ages. It'd been weeks and weeks. I finally got through. We got about halfway through and they explained why I'd just made a mistake. And I would not accept that. And I, I love <laughs> accepting that. I was like... Well, it's not acceptable. Then they're like, "No, you've just you've, you've done the wrong one." There, I was like, "That's not yeah. the point. The point is." And, it was, and again, I felt like an idiot after because I was like, "No, that wasn't me." I tweeted about it. I tweeted angrily <laughs> at Barclays, and everyone was like, "Yeah, they're rubbish." And then I'm like, oh, "Fuck, man, that was just me." But it was because of that. Was and again, that's yeah. not a traumatic or stressful thing that I was trying to solve. That was yeah. a mild annoyance. Yeah. That wasn't a life changing and life affecting thing. That was a mild annoyance and. It pushed me there. So and having you, gone through all of that and then having... You're fighting for your... It sounds dramatic, but you're fighting for your survival there. You you're are. fighting to have money on the table to, to live or support even. Mm-hmm. Often um, some of the different injuries will mean physical or technical changes in cars, in living rooms, in yeah. beds, s- safety if you're someone who has epileptic fits and yeah. things like that. A lot of practical changes yeah. that cost money yes, and, and, and you need support for. And I think, you know, there have been some statistics that have come out that have said, you know, people died, well, when the changeover from incapacity yeah. benefit to ESA, and that's the reality, people are dying. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people that have committed suicide that yeah. that because of their benefits, that they yeah. that it wasn't a more simpler process. People are going hungry. People are obviously accessing food banks. Yeah. And, you know, again... Obviously, I'm going to always bring it back to brain injury because yeah. that's kind of what I know. Um, but, you know, you're, you're asking somebody to go through what I feel at times um, is an, quite an incriminating process. Um, and a lot of the people we work with, if you think about it logically, you know, will have frontal lobe damage. So, you know, from any assaults or, or kind of, um, yeah, road traffic accidents, our frontal lobe is 33% of our brain, so it's a huge chunk of it. Mm. And it's it kind of captures and it holds who we are, our personality, um, our braking system. So yeah. I know if I see somebody, oh, I don't know, like if I saw somebody that I really don't like, yeah. I wouldn't just say, call them a big fat C word. Yeah. You know, I yeah. know that I'm like, no, okay, I dislike them. I may have a few words with them later, yeah. but I'm not going to cause a scene. After you think brain... it privately, maybe do a subtle Facebook update or tweet yeah. that's, that's not direct. <laughs> exactly. And I'm very good at being passive aggressive. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my talents. Um, but after a brain injury, that braking system isn't there. Yeah. It's like the, the frontal lobes are just always on green, whereas we have amber and red, and we kind of can think about it and be quite reflective. Completely. But and and that's and it's so true. And if you look at the statistics again, like, about they're they're saying after some um, new research that was done by Sky Hugh Williams, that's based down in Devon, who who works a lot in the justice system and brain injury, eighty to ninety percent of all of our of the people in prison um, have some form of acquired brain injury. Which is just an insane figure. And like homelessness as well, we've just started, you know, there's a lot of homelessness projects um, in London at the moment about identifying people with acquired brain injury. And again, such a high figure of of those people are, you know, have 
an acquired brain injury. Um, Who could have been helped before exactly. it got to that point. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, that it, it got, not to keep going on about this Rutger Bregman no, no. guy, but he blew me away. But part of his thing of, of universal basic income was if everyone gets, say, a grand a month, mm. just regardless of who you are, what you are, the money saved on homelessness and all these other, on, on so many services <laughs> yes, that have to yeah. be manned and looked after is huge. You save money there. And then there isn't also this thing of people going, well, if I get a job, I'll lose my benefits and I don't, I won't earn as much. I kind of need them. All yeah. this, you know, these things are there because of that. The, the, uh, you summed it up, up perfectly of in, incriminating nature of, of, of acquiring benefits that the kind of so why do you need them how badly do you need them how disabled are you how how broken are you or whatever else a common theme after brain injury is just constantly justifying your disability whether that be to the people that are handing out the benefits uh, whether friends family because you want to get over it too so to constantly have to go oh by the way i'm not fixed yet yeah by the way i thought i would be but i'm i'm not how horrific is that to have to Put your hand up and say that, essentially, when that's the thing you're trying to fight against anyway. You want... Most people will want to be off of benefits. That's going to be their goal, Everyone too. Everyone I work with as soon would as they, do yeah. anything to have a job. Yeah. Would do anything to provide for their family. But exactly. right now, that's just... It's not possible. Yeah. And, yeah, the more and more they have to justify their disability, something that they didn't ask for, yeah. that was just acquired overnight, that has been this insane emotional adjustment journey... Yeah, why do I have to sit in front of you, who's never met me before, yeah. say, I'm not doing well. Like, yeah. I, need, I do need a bit of help. I admit that, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it's quite, yeah, I don't know. But we're, we're working, we're working on it. And you're doing a lot of work in, <coughs> in Parliament to try and give a voice yeah. to, to, to the, the voiceless here or, yeah, those with invisible disabilities as such. Mm. So tell me a little bit about Absolutely. what's happening well, there and what the process is. So, um, we are, so Headway UK yep. are doing this right first time movement, which is, uh, which is great. So they sent out a survey to about 650 um, people, the survivors of brain injury, yeah. about what, how they feel their, um, the PIP process was for them. So this is kind of homing in on the personal independence payment. How did they experience, what was their experience of claiming this, disability, uh, this, this benefit? Yeah. <coughs> And obviously the majority of people came back saying it was really quite an awful, traumatic, another kind of traumatic process for us. They're going to kind of compile that in a report. Um, So that's kind of Headway UK. That's what they're doing, which is fantastic. And then um, Chris Bryant, who is a local MP, I believe, of Romford, Mm -hmm. um, he is working with UCABIF the United Kingdom Acquired Brain Injury Forum. Okay, you nailed that. So, yeah, I know. Um, so they, we've set up an all-parliamentary group. Right. And that is just to discuss and just to bring to Parliament the fact that people with, with acquired brain injury, the, the level and complexities that come and that are associated with brain injury are, I feel, as well, quite unique to brain injury. Yeah. You know, we, we, we sometimes find ourselves being put under the umbrella of mental health yeah. Um, which which needs to, you know is a very important important umbrella itself. Completely. But we we are we are different. I yeah. feel you know brain injury. 
So we kind of bring it to them and say, you know, the benefits, you know, the education surrounding it, the health system, all of this, it's it's not currently adapting to this complex nature. Yeah. Um, and we need... A complex to- nature that's hard, hard to articulate with t- tick boxes or, yeah. or, or anything like that, which again is is a nightmare for any parliament or governmental system to hear because that means it's going to be more personal one-on-one work. It can't be as simple as here's, <laughs> here's the score you have to get to get the benefits. It can't be as and simple as And it actually that, is a scoring system. <laughs> you know, it mad, is a point it? system. Yeah. And how you kind of put anyone, yeah, like you said, in, the, in those boxes. And brain injury, again, it, it, it's fluctuating. People yeah. do have good days and bad days. And, and why should we... Why should we incriminate somebody for having a good day? We should yeah. celebrate that and yeah, say, John, fucking get on, mate. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, keep benefits. Yeah. Let's, because obviously by you having this steady income, and let's not lie, like, these ben- we're not talking a lot. No. You know, the standard rate of care for PIP is £57 a week, and that's supposed that's to, crazy. you know, and yeah. the, the whole process of, of applying for it is generally, if it gets to the end stage, which is a tribunal, yeah. you know, going to a tribunal with a judge... Yeah. With somebody with a disability, it takes about nine months. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not talking. No, it's tiny. It's, it's, it's tiny enough amounts that it's if you have a good week and don't need that money for your care or health, then you yeah. deserve to spend it on celebrating that you've had a good week. Yeah. It's 57. Go out, weeks. go outdoors, yeah. you know, go to the cinema, take your mate something, yeah. It yeah. shouldn't be a case of, well, you don't need it this week or this month. It's like, Good. Enjoy yeah. it then, because you've not been able to enjoy it for the last three years that you've been having it. You've yeah. been surviving off it. it Just about, it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of what we're we're bringing up with with the with the Eucalyptus stuff. I feel really privileged to be a part of that. And then also, I went to Parliament um, earlier on in the year to speak to um, somebody from the from the Department of Work and Pensions, yeah. and I just highlighted to them. You know, I took their figures off, off their website and I just said, look, for me, something's missing and I don't know what that is. And I really need your help to, to let's identify this together. So basically what's happening is that, you know, we, we're going to these assessments yeah. and I'm with, I'm advocating with them and supporting them. And obviously, you know, they're, they're expressing as much as they can about how their disability affects them. So they're, and I'm, yeah, they're supporting. And what I'm listening to is like, this person is, is really struggling. Like everything they're doing every single day, they're waking up exhausted. Mm. No, they can't make themselves a meal. They're living on shit. You know, they're living on microwave burgers and even that's an effort. So, you know, nutrition, all of this, um, you know, and mood and engaging with other people. Their wife has left them. Their children don't recognise their dad. They're scared of their dad because their temper is, is a bit kind of, you know, shorter. They're impulsive. They spent all the money that they did have. They've invested it in some scam, potentially, because, yeah. again, they're vulnerable. So this is what I'm hearing. And I'm hearing, hang on, yeah, okay, this, this person has... I feel this person has justified themselves enough that they yeah. can get 50 or quid a week, all right? Yeah. That's it. So we leave the assessment and then we get back the assessment paperwork of everything that happens within that assessment and it's come back as no points. Every time. And we're talking zero points the majority of the time. And so this is what I was just trying to say, that there is something missing here because then we go to a tribunal. So we have to do this whole process. (laughs) Sorry, this is really dull. So then we do a process called a mandatory reconsideration where we say... Could you just look at this again? Actually, we're just yeah. come. You know, I'm I'm a bit concerned that you've missed something here. 
Um, so they look at it again and then they say, no, no, we're going to okay. stick by this. Not, yeah, not entitled. And then we go to this tribunal. We get to the tribunal and some of the times we walk in and the judge may say, I'm so sorry, I don't know why you're here. You know, even by just seeing you now, I've read the paperwork. The fact you've come all this way, you're entitled, yeah. you know, it's done. And we've got a 100% success rate of going to a tribunal. Like the casework team here, we've, we've not lost one. Um, and that's not down to so us. So again, it's probably not, <laughs> you them. may not be able to say, but that means 100% failure rate on their part from, from where I'm sitting is that if they've had two looks at it and said, no, yeah. you, you don't. And then the second it's looked at properly, they go, of course it is. Yeah. Then that is that's a huge problem. That's and the independent- that's again that's not anyone scamming here. That's not no. anything dodgy. That's a judge then then looking over it properly and going, "Good lord, this is yeah. this is ridiculous." And sometimes they're very apologetic, and they are an independent tribunal service. So yeah. they are. And this is, and I must kind of express that this is just our personal experience with yeah. DWP. I'm, I'm sure that there are that for, for other people and and yeah. you know I'd like to think that you know with other disabilities and things yeah. that, that it does work but yeah. I guess what this is highlighting is is yeah people are just are not as knowledgeable maybe yeah. in these in these situations as they should be about brain injury and yeah. that yeah and that makes me a bit sad because we're so passionate here and I and I certainly am and I just and it's fascinating. It's not like a boring subject. Yeah, you know? like no, no, the brain is, is really um, fascinating. So yeah, but that's not reflected. So we really but that's it, isn't it? It's the it's the potential l- l- lack of areas of expertise or departments there. That that again, it's far easier for an assessor to go. Yeah, you can't walk. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's that. That's a really easy day's work of, yeah. of assessment coming. It's really simple. Like, okay, yeah, no, that's visible. I yeah, can see you've that. You've still not got an arm. Yeah. Sweet, there yeah. you go, done. Yeah. That's signed off. Whereas it's more complex here, as as you've seen, that it's again a hundred percent of your experience of it is. Yeah, I've got it wrong. And I think, and I, you know, I'm not picking myself up here. I don't think it's anything to do with what I'm doing yeah. by going with them. I just think, you know, that that actually being heard from a from somebody who's independent. But see. But the difference is that the difference that you're making is that it's getting looked at again. Because yeah. potentially if you weren't there, if they've sat there and gone through that traumatic event and the mm. person turned around and go, there's nothing wrong with you, yeah. a lot of people aren't going to persist on that or aren't going to look further and then going to have to deal with the fact that everything they're going through is real, mm. yet there's nothing wrong with them. They've been told there's nothing wrong with them, yeah. yet they're experiencing it. So... Again, without the assistance and the care there, that's terrifying. And I think you've just picked up on a really important point, is that literally having it in black and white, saying there's nothing wrong with you... You're fine, yeah. ...is just so contradictory for the whole journey that they've been through, from the doctors, from the nurses. You know, they may have just finally started to accept that, yeah, no, okay, things aren't quite how they used to be, and... I'm exploring and I'm experimenting a bit, but it's hard and it's difficult, but I'm doing it. You know, and then to just get it written down, be like, no, come on, go back to work. Yeah. You can do it seven days a week, off you go. You're yeah, fine. Just like That's you used to. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. Again, it puts it all the more pure, it puts all of it purely inside yourself, and that is a huge oh, a weight to, to carry. That's someone outside saying, everything's fine out yeah. here, mate. Everything's all good out here, and yeah. you're and inside. 
the fucking the frying pan's on fire. Yeah. The alarms are going off. Yeah. And the person Wife's outside the house is going, no, all looks fine. All good. <laughs> yeah. And you're, yeah, you're burning. Really, yeah. yeah. That's terrifying. a great analogy. Yeah. And, and I think as well, the other thing that I think that can't be measured, which, and anyone that knows me will be like, oh God, here she goes again. But, is I think what's so underestimated in all these assessments, in anything that, that where people are judged on, on how disabled they are, especially again with brain injury, is fear. Yeah. People are, are just so scared all the time and that's why they present in certain ways and that's why they behave in certain ways. And, you know, there's a, there's a great guy called, um, that, that I really like called Kit Malia who does a lot about cognitive rehab therapy, which mm-hmm. is therapy kind of based for people with brain injuries it's not for everyone but yeah. I've, I personally found him very helpful and he kind of explains it as you know there is this background B and you know so like my background B is like okay it's like it's Friday night I don't have to work at the pub tonight I'm really happy about that I might have a glass of wine can I afford that glass of wine what am I going to have for dinner that's kind of going on yeah. all the time in the back of my mind you know while I'm talking to you I'm thinking I mean not so much no, but you know it's, I'm just, the it's my, kind of there. <laughs> my background B genuinely is constantly how long until I'm home again? Yeah. I, for some reason, I, my, my, my comfortable places at home is... I can be having the best night out and I'll be yeah. thinking, oh, I, I could probably leave in about half hour and that'll be all right. Yeah. Right, which is bizarre and weird. Even if I'm having a wonderful time, I, I've always had that kind of... But that's your how, how far am I from home? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> physically, time, mentally. You know and actually, I, I experience that a lot more. Now I live in London, definitely. Because yeah. yeah. like, it is kind of the logistic. Yeah, how am I going to get yeah. home? Yeah, I need to get back. What right, time is it going to be? Yeah. 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 Is the kebab shop still going to be open? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and that, that so they're, they're kind of our background beat. I mean, it's nothing too stressful at no. all. You know, some days are probably a bit worse than others, you know, if the rent's due and whatever. Yeah. For somebody with a brain injury, their background B is constantly going to be, am I ever going to go back to work? Does my wife or my, my husband still love me? Are my children scared of me? I'm not providing for, for my family. You know, I can't get out of bed, but I really can't tell my wife why or my husband why. You know, I'm, I'm just, I don't really feel like I'm surviving anymore. And if that is your constant background B, and, and actually almost as well kind of physically it could be so we've got an amazing part of the brain which is my favorite part called the amygdala which is our which is our fight or flight yeah. and it's kind of yeah that if you see it as a light switch so mm-hmm. if i'm ever feeling fear like maybe if i'm walking home down the old cali and i'm walking home and i hear footsteps behind me yeah. and all of a sudden my amygdala might think about being switched on but my, you know, the logic of my brain can be like, no, come on, Nat, like, have a look behind you. You're probably fine. You probably know him. It's okay. Yeah. You're nearly home. Don't worry about it. If the footsteps start to speed up, my amygdala might just switch on and be like, actually, Nat, make a run for it. Yeah. Sort of go for it. And that can do yeah. that. And that's when I feel fear. But I think for somebody with a brain injury, like, sometimes that amygdala, your amygdala is just always switched on. Yeah. And it's just constantly just just going on in the background of, of all those really intense, life-changing yeah. concerns for you. And, you know, not only are you are you processing that, you're, pro- you're processing, you know, being tired. You're already yeah. exhausted or yeah, yeah, physically yeah, yeah. because your brain is having to work. And that's a thing that's worth highlighting as well. As yeah. you said, with the tree in the, the, the stomach scenario, many people who have everything that we've talked about here, mm. we've got something else they're having to deal with as well because yeah. it's often from some kind of accident or yeah. injury. So they will either have 
a leg that's recovering or yeah. an arm that's healing or all these other things. So, you know, yeah, everything we've talked about sounds overwhelming on its own. Add to that the other results yeah. of this incident or this accident or, or, or whatever else. And yeah, any other physical trauma that yeah, yeah. that may have that may have happened, yeah. or even you know, also like the nature of how your injury happens. Completely. You know, we were well, we work at the hospital. There are at times so many like police that have to be around because it was gang related, yeah. and they have to be yeah there for protection. A lot of the young people and yeah, they can't go home because it happened on their doorstep. Yeah. You know, it's a far cry. And again, it can be the, the removal of. Or, or the warping of that perceived safe place. Because again, yeah. yeah, if it happened at home, even if it's simply an accident, yeah. you're in the hospital wanting to be home, yeah. but when you're home, you're reminded of how you got into the hospital. And it's this yeah. horrible loop and cycle. And I think that's it, isn't it? Terrifying. I think the, the, the main thing is is not only the fear that we just spoke about and how that can be yeah, an organic, physical thing that you can't really control, mm. And it's just that lack of feeling safe. Wherever you go... It really highlights just how complex and individual the situations are because it's why it might not be an instant thought, but speeding up and making sure housing benefits are provided in a specific situation like that could be crucial because they might not be able to start their recovery until they're in a new place or somewhere new, things like that. There's so many things like that that are so individual and unique that... It needs a greater analysis and yeah. assessment than, 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 than is currently going on. From and unfortunately, with the housing benefit at the moment, I mean, that's just... Because now Universal Credit's taking over, yeah. the other benefits. So all those, um, yeah, the, those benefits are all going to be put into one. And I'm sure right. you've heard. So, yeah, there's, there people are having to wait, like, two to three months to get any of their Universal Credit. So the Universal Credit... Um, covers yeah housing benefit uh, child yeah. tax credits right. um, all of that kind of stuff um, right. one part of ESA like income related ESA it all gets very complex but people are having to wait about three months before they get one payment That's and so crazy. people have become homeless because yeah the the transfer from mm. from that to that has taken a, an incredible amount of time and they haven't been able to keep up with rent payment so yeah they're out in the streets and and again it, a lot of it will be down to as I mentioned earlier the situation of, of the relative of mine at Christmas it will be of mm. people who just aren't aware of the seriousness is, yeah. of that world of going oh we'll, we'll get it through in a couple of months that's pretty swift yeah no. You, you, you're fine for a couple of months. Yeah. Other people aren't fine for a couple of months. That's yeah. not. That's I know, not and right. I mean, I get stressed out with money, and yeah. I'm sure I, you know everyone yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, and I tell you, when when it's getting, you know, I've got, I've yeah, I've got two jobs just because London is expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm so naive going from Devon, like Devon, oh, three pound a pint wherever you go, pretty much. You, this is insane. You see, I'm lucky because I've always lived. <laughs> just near enough to, to London so I've always had that awareness of I can never live there that, that, that seems crazy whereas if you're that bit further away you're like yeah. oh, everyone wants to go to London yeah. whereas I'm like I'm near I'm, I'm near enough <laughs> I'm, I'm near I'm right. I'm quite near enough thank you very much but yeah so I mean so I'll start to, uh, yes, to wrap yes, things yes. up now but so how can people find out more help yeah. engage get help for people that may need help get help for themselves 
What's Absolutely. The, the... So if anyone, yeah, is potentially listening to this and thinking, okay, I can kind of relate to this or, yeah, I had some kind of brain trauma, Headway UK have a great website. It's just, yeah, headwayuk.org, I think. Yep. You can fit, or put it into Google. Um, and you can find your nearest Headway. So we are right. kind of all over the country. So, um, yeah, there's a really useful helpline as well. It can be, like, certain days there are nurses that manned yep. it as well, so you can talk. And is that you. for... Can that provide assistance and guidance to her, to friends and relatives Absolutely, as well? Because yeah. that's again, that's that's something that's it's it, it's all these subjects. For me, the priority is the individual. That's that's the most important bit there. But that doesn't mean everything else should get overlooked. And they're the areas that are more likely to get overlooked yeah. completely, yes. rather than overlooked in small areas or whatever. Definitely, so, yeah. there are some amazing like fact sheets, booklets about anything you could possibly think of about brain injury in relation to so there's sort of like brain injury in friends yeah. um, brain injury and sexual relationships because that's obviously a huge thing as well right, that yeah, we probably course. don't have time to cover but again it's it's a really important element and an aspect of your yeah. life and you should be allowed to express that and and have support with that but again yeah people kind of feel shy or you know all, all professionals feel a bit kind of Oh, I don't know how to really approach that. I, don't know what to, to I feel a bit uncomfortable talk about. about sex, whereas yeah. you know, and I and I've some of the most incredible, insightful, and important chats I've had with people have come from talking or, or ending up talking about their sexual experiences or how mm. they view sex now after a brain injury. And again, for for getting to feel like yourself again, or yeah. getting to feel worth or valued—that's a big part of our society. Is yeah sexuality is yeah. all of these things from an, from your teens that's kind of how a lot of things is what um, and what makes you kind of who you, know, you are yeah, and, it's, yeah it's, how you it's express yourself it's a huge yourself. part but again it's something that will be overlooked because it's not survival or it's not yeah. feeding yourself or, yeah. or anything else it's like but in a hierarchy of needs if you look at um, yeah the hierarchy of needs it's it's food um, yeah food shelter water and, and sex yeah like it is part of it. And again, that hierarchy is fucking adjustable as well. If yeah. you're on a night out and the option is a kebab or going home with someone, oh, mate. You, Come it's on. a tough choice, <laughs> but it's not always going to be the kebab. It might be sometimes, but exactly. it's, it's not always going to be. So again, as much as, as we're making light of it, yeah. it's a hugely important It part. is a really And it should be, thing. again, it's a, I think you're completely right that it's something that even those that are helping you m- might not feel comfortable equally. If you're a man and the person helping you is a woman, yep. you might not feel comfortable. If you're a woman, the person helping you is a man, you mm-hmm. might not feel comfortable. So, and at the moment here at Headway East London, we're really um, exploring kind of sex and sexuality following yeah. a brain injury, and and obviously all of our members are involved in that at the moment, and just having the initial chats about how they feel about yeah talking about it more openly, or what can we do as Headway East London to ensure that you feel safe to talk to us about yeah. sexuality. So I'm really excited about that, and I think it should be spoken about more. So, yeah, yeah Headway UK's website, they have all that kind of stuff, general information education about the brain as well, um, which is which is a great starting point, actually, because yeah. sometimes just knowing a bit more about the brain allows you to understand what's happening to you. Yeah, um, You know, there's still these um, theories that we only use 10% of our brain, which yeah. is bollocks obviously because if we did i wouldn't be in a job because if you damage one part then you'd have 90 percent to take over right so yeah yeah (laughs) you know we definitely we use them yeah so education i would always say is really important if you've got a bit of time just have a look at the brain it is fascinating so headway uk have all that kind of stuff on their website 
Um, but then we have a really new exciting. I'm going to plug something now. Dude, no, right. plug away, plug away. <laughs> um, it's called the Matter Magazine. So yes, it's uh, it's a magazine created by Headways London and the members. Wow. Um, it's all and it's basically showcasing everything we do here. Um, so you know, as we were talking, we've got all of our art. We've got um, yeah, the, the garden stuff, our supper clubs, um, and we just have some exceptionally interesting characters here and amazing yeah. people and it's showcasing them and it's and it's and it's been yeah created by members that ed, like editing was all done by members That's fantastic. Um, so it's on our website it's called matter so yeah you can get it on the website mattermag.org yeah um it's five pounds but I t- it's more like a book i don't think yeah. it's a magazine it's definitely yeah, yeah, a book yeah, yeah, yeah. um and i would yeah if anyone wants to just explore and learn a bit more about us then that that would be great that's fantastic yeah was- is there anything else that you need to, to plug before we wrap things up? I want to make sure we get everything in and it's as beneficial as, as possible. No, I really, yeah, I just want to plug the, the, the magazine and, and I hope that, yeah, people people have a good look at it. Oh, well, thank you very much for your time and, and for showing me around. I, I said I, I met two different people here who showed me some music, some art, and just the thing that I liked was that the most popular area wasn't the art room or the music room or the garden, it was just the communal area. Yeah. So that's just... I, I thought it would be, oh, people are kind of losing themselves in these different areas, which I'm sure are very busy as well at different yeah, times. Yeah, but, but the fact that the communal area was just people playing dominoes together, playing games, interacting and, yeah. and chatting and, yeah, and, and, and seeming relaxed and happy that seemed key yeah absolutely perfect yeah well thank you very much thank you (laughs) thanks you've been listening to Scroobish Pips the Scratched Pieces there we go. I think you'll agree that was a hell of an episode. As said, do check out Headway and Headway East London specifically on on social media or head to headway.org.uk. They've got a phone number of 0808 800 2244 if you want to ring them to yeah, again, it's 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 a subject that means the, the fucking world to me and um yeah, I think it's important and it's great that there's these services out there to help people with this because it is, you know, an an injury or an affliction or whatever you want to call it that can feel so isolating because it's all going on inside your own head and it's not v- v- visible to anyone else. It's not from anyone else's perspective. No one else can see or truly understand it. No matter how much they try, no matter how empathetic they are or sympathetic they are no one's in your own head and going through those changes is yeah unimaginably tough so yeah that was that i'll be back next week um let me have a look at who i've got next week i've got my list here hang on hang on hang on give me a second i've got a lot of good ones i recorded one so the plan for the next few weeks at present is next week will be jamie dimitriou who's got a new series called Stash Let's Flats, which is fantastic. That should be next week. There might be some juggling around. There often is. I've got 
Kate Nash lined up and confirmed. I've recorded one with Dan Skinner, a.k.a. Angelos Epithemu, and I talked to both of them. I talked to Angelos and to Dan. Um, I've got Simon Pegg lined up to pop back on. If you didn't catch him before, go back and and find that one. I think that was in the first hundred. Um, I've got Chili Gonzalez coming on, who's who's one of my favourite artists of all time, so I'm crazy hyped about that. And if you have a, a little specials, I might be doing a little reunion one with some people have been, I think almost all of them have been on the podcast before, but yeah, I'm liking the ideas of these ones that are some some gathering type ones. So w- whilst I don't normally go for return guests, I like the idea of having a few return guests, but having them on as kind of a drunk cast without alcohol. Or they can have alcohol if they want, I guess. But So I'm definitely, I'm hoping, yeah, I've got a few of them potentially in mind where it will be a few guests. Because, again, return guests, it's tough because, you know, we talk for 60 to 90 minutes and that's that's in-depth. And also, m- most of the guests are people I know in the real world. So it's hard to remember what conversations we've had on the previous episode and what conversations we've had just casually. So I worry about going over old old ground by having return guests. But... Yeah, as I said, I'm having a few return guests and I'm thinking of having a few kind of combination ones. I'm rambling on. Thank you for tuning in. Do you want to rate and review? I haven't asked that in about a year. I don't really care. Don't bother. Just spread the word on this one, though. That is something I am bothered about. The sad fact is the big celebrity name episodes are going to get a lot more downloads. Martin Freeman... um, I mean, the biggest downloads of the year so far are Martin Freeman, off of everything. Elena Heady from, from Game of Thrones, Paloma Faith, uh, uh, Vicky McClure. All these amazing names, and they deserve that. But episodes like this are equally as important. You could argue more important. So, But they're not going to get the, the natural instant downloads of just people who are browsing and going, oh, look, it's, it's Tim from The Office. So what really helps is if you... You spread the word, and whether that be on on, on social media, well, is a good way. But even you know, old traditional way of recommending it to a friend. You don't need to be telling the world. You might just have a, a one person in particular that should hear this. So yeah, please spread the word on this one. It'd be really appreciated because it's an important one. Other than that, I will see you all next week. Um, have a good week. Ta ta.